1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that never just says stuff, not if we can help it, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! wa
2: ha ha you stole my
1: joke. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Ticer, and he looks good even when he's not bathed in the light of a forgiving moon. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! It shines right off my bald head it does indeed <laughs> each week we'll chat about movies tv and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds and please welcome our guest this week she's going to sing the entire show it's susan comyob stevens <laughs> oh. <to>
3: <laughs> you would not like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think you underestimate the joy i would take uh in that <laughs> situation uh, hey guys, uh, exciting to chat with the both of you. Uh, we've got a couple of very different movies this week, which is always interesting when that happens. We'll see it. Uh, yeah, very similar. <laughs> really, just yeah. dealing with the same yeah. issues, really, at the end Basically, of the day. Basically, yeah. um, both so
3: necessary.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we're going to talk about She Said, a new movie that's out in theaters, and Disenchanted, which is the Enchanted sequel uh, that came out on Disney Plus this weekend. We're also going to do a best ever – what are we doing this week for best ever? Did I not not prep (laughs) my best ever? Best ever challenge She Movies. Oh, that's right. Movies with the word She in them. Guys, I'm going to be honest here. Live on the air, I somehow skipped prepping for the best ever challenge so I'm going to be doing some last second
3: wow like, I, I, so like, there's no I, graphic for yours
1: not not yet uh you know what what I will do is when we do the first movie Susan I'll just have you sing for about 20 Ooh. minutes while I do the. Yeah. no we'll figure it we'll figure <laughs> all this out uh so anyhow yes we're going to do best ever she movies movies with the word she in them and well the Aaron if movie. you go if ahead you
2: send me your, if you send me your like a patreon speech i can do that while you're looking up something
1: (laughs) thank you thank you i appreciate that uh the word she can be hidden in other words as well so that you know opens it up uh a little bit wider um so yeah and then of course we'll do some buried treasure uh, along the way. Uh Susan, how you doing? How's life been? It's been a hot second. How's stuff? How's uh, award season? What's going on?
3: Good, good. Yeah, uh I feel like it's like in full swing right now. We're finally getting screeners, but I got to admit, we're getting a lot of links and like apps and stuff which honestly is a little um gets me a little more stressed out because I feel like when I got the physical DVD screeners, I could organize that out a little bit more and Mm -hmm. see what I need to watch. So now I'm like literally making a list on my phone of all the movies I need to make sure I watch that I don't go to the screenings too. Um, so, but yeah, just working a lot. And I know we've got, Uh, Well, I know you went to you went to the Glass Onion thing, right?
1: Yeah, I went to the Glass Onion premiere this last week Mm -hmm. um, and enjoyed my time there Uh, that, you know, there's it's interesting. My experience this year has been that the the, the not only aren't we getting physical discs, I think I've gotten two discs this year for screen. Oh, I know.
3: I know. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: But we're also not getting a lot at all. Like, I'm just going, like, there's a, a list of 40 movies that I would love to see before we have to vote in yeah. three weeks or whatever it is. Two weeks. I know. I don't know. It's three weeks, I it's think.
3: Great. In December. Yeah. I just, the it is. Yeah. It's really, really weird. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking how, I, I wish I could have gone to that. I, I I was invited. I wanted to go to that because I wanted to see Glass Onion really badly, mm-hmm. too. Um, but... That's another one that's on my list to, to watch. And I just, yeah, in general, I don't feel like we're getting stuff that we need to watch. Like, and I wish they would do it. Didn't we get it used to get those like in October? Like, I don't remember getting yes. them so late. No, it
1: has never been this late uh, before. And, and I think there's this growing sense from the studios uh-huh. that they want to be the last thing that they they put in our oh, brain
3: and it's okay. like fine yeah. go
1: ahead and take that risk but if i get 40 movies with two days left uh mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to figure out a way to prioritize which isn't fair for anyone that's not fair yeah. for anyone um and especially and you might say well go to the movie theater and see the movies Aaron. well some of these aren't mm-hmm. out yet some of them you know especially where I'm at, aren't playing locally. You know, a lot of the ones that are going to play in New York and L.A. and maybe some of the major markets aren't here in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, so I rely on these screeners to be able to make an educated um, assessment during award season. And uh, this mm-hmm. isn't a wham, wham, I don't get to see movies thing. This is a no. I want to do my job right. Like I have a task right. to do here and I want to do it right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's been a weird one for sure this year. Yeah. It seems very strange. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of that chatter around the event this last weekend because a lot of our mm-hmm. um, contemporaries were were there at the Glass Onion premiere and a lot of us were talking about where are the screeners this year? Like, where are they?
3: It's Yeah, and they're not really as accessible about um – links as much as i'd like to i mean Mm -hmm. some people are some people like i said they were really good about the menu but i want to see bones and all and they're not Mm -hmm. giving a link for that and i'm like well can i get the dvd (laughs) like i don't know yeah it's just yeah i'm just worried that exactly that like i'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed so i'm trying to get a head start on whatever i do have so that by the time that they overload us and we have to spend a whole weekend mm-hmm. trying to watch everything that I don't have anything that I already have. Like that's yeah. my main thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I set up a list every year. I don't know if you're on Letterboxd, but uh, I put the no. I put the list on Letterboxd of uh, the awards contenders that I want to make sure I see. Um, and it's worked well for me to kind of make sure that I check out everything that might have a little bit of buzz around it. Uh, basically, I take the three main. Uh, sites that do a Best Picture race ranking, uh, and they usually rank like the top fifty uh, movies that that might win Best Picture, and mm-hmm. I average those rankings out, and then make a and then sort it and make a list of. Um, and the list this year is like sixty three movies uh, that have cool. a shot according to that list. Um, so, and it is uh, on Letterbox, my Letterbox, if you want to check that out. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, Coda. Uh, Ended up winning best picture. And when Uh I made those rankings, which I usually make uh, around the end of October, uh, Coda was ranked number eighth uh, as the possible um, best picture winner. That's not so bad. Um, And it ended up winning. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how things change from late October to, you know, Oscar day. Um, It's an interesting kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I got 40 more to go and I (laughs) I have one of them. I've already seen all the ones that I have access to, so it's it's wild. What do you have left to watch? Oh, you want me to list all forty? All right, let's uh, nah. let's get. To- <laughs> uh,
3: no, I, oh oh, you have four. Oh, I thought you said you have what's the what's the one that you have that's left to watch? You said oh, you have just um,
1: I would have to look. Uh, oh, I just I yeah. go to the list and and see what I have, um, but I have knocked mm-hmm. off several uh, that I have. I just have one more. Um, yeah, that I can knock off. That's already out there. So. So yeah. Anyhow, critic problems, you know. I know. know. World's
3: smallest violin. Andrew, how's it
1: going for you? Screener season. Mm -hmm. How's it? uh, How's it working? I've
2: watched watched a few.
1: Yeah, I bet you have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, can't talk about them yet. Obviously.
1: (laughs) We'll talk about them when it's time to talk about them. Exactly. Uh, All right. Well, we're gonna get into it. Uh, Let's start with a review of She Said.
3: Why is sexual harassment so pervasive and so hard to address? Let's interrogate the whole system. Hi, my name is Jody Cantor. I'm an investigative reporter for the New York Times. What have you got? I was told that the wrongdoing in Hollywood is
1: overwhelming. I don't want to be quoted,
3: period. Understood.
1: In your previous stories,
2: how did you persuade women to tell you what had happened to them? A case I made was, I can't change what happened
1: to you in the past, but together we may be able to help protect other people. The truth, basically. New York Times reporters Megan Tooley and Jody Kantor break one of the most important stories in a generation. A story that helped launch the Me Too movement and shattered decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood. Uh, this is a journalistic process movie, journalistic investigation uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, the Woodward and Bernstein stuff, or all *Spotlight*, the men. all the *Presidents Men*, yeah, all that <laughs> this stuff. Is,
2: this is all the *Presidents Women* or all the producers women.
1: All the, uh, yeah, I guess you could call it that for sure. Uh, Zoe Kazan is Jodie Cantor, Carrie Mulligan stepping in as Megan Tully um so and some real life people stepping in with their own part of the story as well including ashley judd who played the major role in the breaking of this story um what did you guys think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay uh andrew why don't you kick us off on this one
2: i'm really close to loving this one but i think i'm for now i'm gonna go with really
1: liked it okay susan
3: really liked it. Just exactly what Andrew said, like almost there to loving it, but really liked it.
1: Uh, man, there's no, almost there about it for me. I loved this movie. Um, my wife and I, uh, after this movie was over, sat in the theater and talked for a bit. And then my bladder made that conversation, uh, stop a little bit early. So we continued (laughs) to uh, talk at home for a while. Um, This is one of those movies you have to sit with and process uh, and go over. And it was such a beautiful conversation to be able to have together after this movie. Uh, We were also both in tears at the end. This movie was very emotional for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, uh, I'm not trying to take ownership of what is very much a female story, uh, but I think it is important for uh, us as men to feel these feelings, in these emotions, uh, in this movie, even if we don't feel them as um, you know, deeply and authentically as a woman might after watching this. Uh, so well, also,
2: it, we can't forget that not not only women are victims. Correct. Like sometimes. I think Andrew, I yeah. think that's
1: well worth stating. I think that is well worth. Uh huh. Um, so, so yeah, I, I just, the experience of this movie is the biggest emotional, uh, journalistic investigation experience I've had since spotlight. I think this is the best journalistic investigation what? movie since spotlight. Um, I think I, think it's, I like it better. Uh, you actually really? like it better than spotlight. I yeah. I, like I it better than spotlight. yeah. Um, oh, spotlight is so good.
3: Can I ask why y'all like it better than Spotlight? That's interesting.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I have the ability to process that right now. I think I'm hmm. too close to this one right now. Yeah. But, um, I just
3: watched it yesterday. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, for the first it's time? It's hard or? to
3: – she said – no, no, no. No, no, oh. no I, she said I just watched yesterday. So, it's, it's kind of hard for me to, like, say immediately that I liked it more than Spotlight. Because I like Spotlight a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm there to say, like she said, more than Spotlight. That's where but... I'm at. I still
1: have to. Uh, I, that's a that's yeah. a weird thing to try to weigh in my brain right now. Right.
3: But, I, I think it needs time. But
1: it feels yeah. like that to me. It feels like how mm-hmm. I felt yeah. after Spotlight um, mm-hmm. where yeah. it's just it's just such important information. You come away. There's a thing. <laughs> there are two things I have a real bias for in movies. And this movie is both of them. It should not be surprised that I love it because of this. Uh, True life stories. I feel the emotion so much deeper when I know it comes from the real world. Um, And especially in a situation like this where some of the real people are talking about what happened in the real world. Like I'm getting emotional even just thinking about some of this movie. Um, And that brings the emotion uh, home for me in in a really real way. Um, And then the other part of this is my bias is competence porn. Any movie that gives me people amazing at their job, doing amazing things with their job is just catnip for me. And to watch these uh, primarily women, these two women at the the primary center of this, uh, absolutely dominate the journalistic process and just completely with integrity and solidity and understanding their responsibility and their rules to get it right. I know there is a shifting perspective of how we trust new sources in media in this country. And I understand that, I get that. And a lot of that has to do with polarization. That is not the conversation we're having now, but a lot of the distrust of media comes with the idea that when the media says things that don't agree with your worldview, the media must be corrupt. Um, And Mm -hmm. that goes all the different ways. Uh, Having said that, to watch something like this, you go, you know what, when you put it out there to do it right and you really make an effort to be above reproach, there's something really powerful about investigative journalism. And Uh this movie shows that in so many different ways and the way the respect with which it handles sources and sourcing and on the record, off the record, all that stuff. Um, Man, I just love that stuff uh, Mm -hmm. in this movie. And it's a, it's a movie that would be – and I, I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. I will let you guys talk, but I just really love this movie. Keep I going, f- brother. Yeah, keep going. I love I it. I feel like when you watch this movie, you're watching a movie where people are just making phone calls, just talking. <laughs> There's an entire scene where people are reading – An article on a computer. Yes. Literally, we're just watching them read something off (laughs) of a computer. And they're taking turns being like, okay.
3: (laughs) I do love, I love, I love how the guy's like, hold on. Wait.
1: It's so perfect. It's so perfect. (laughs) how How am I feeling this emotional and intense about people reading on a, com- silently on a computer. Like, uh, to me, that is the magic of, of a movie that does this well, is it takes you into the nitty gritty of the process, and, and you are, are on pins and needles about a phone call um, I just it's it's astonishing how well this movie holds your attention for how boring it should be. the process should be boring. now granted, there are lots of this process that would be boring probably to watch this movie, you know uh, finds those moments of the boredom that are most important and most meaningful and most emotional and brings those to us. That's the beauty of what a, mo- a movie can do uh, the way it can tell a story um but it is intentionally showing you, the nitty gritty grind of this process. And it does it in such a, a really powerful way. Um, mm-hmm. So I've said, I've said enough. What are some of the things you guys liked about this movie? Because you both really liked it as well. Yeah, so yeah. Susan, Yeah.
3: I mean, I feel like you, you kind of covered <laughs> a lot. No, 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 It's a good thing. Cause it's making me like it even more. Maybe I'm there. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think that, I think there's something to be said that, um, cause I do feel like people could look at it. You know, I will say I went in a matinee, and it was me and one other person. It was an older white guy. I was already surprised. I hate to say this. I don't know. <laughs> I will just say that halfway through the film, he left and he didn't come back. Oh. So, I, and I was so curious why. Like yeah. I was like, why was this? Did he not? Was it political reasons? Was it? What I, but I'm also like, you did knew he what a text you were. that
1: is son had a flat right. tire. like You just never I, know. I
3: just, cause I'm like, I don't know how you would leave. Like it's just getting even mm-hmm. better now. So, um, but then I also wondered, are people going to find it? Boring, if because it is. It's it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of researching, and um, but this movie does that so well to the point where I'm ex- it's exciting. It's thrilling. Like every, I love it. I love those shots where you're walking down the the hallway in, in the middle of the newsroom, or you're trying to when when you're intensely researching and you find something. Like I love that stuff. Uh, exactly like you said before they hit submit. Um, but also the performances are fantastic. I think Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan. We want to talk about acting awards. Here we go. I don't know if it maybe maybe Carrie Mulligan has a slight edge here. I'm not sure. Maybe I don't I don't know, but uh, they're both fantastic. Um, well, I think and- it's worth
1: mentioning that Zoe Kazan I think is submitting in lead and Carrie Mulligan is submitting in supporting. What? Um, I think that's worth mentioning for a couple reasons. Number one, it helps to clarify awards chances. Number two, it can bring back that discussion that we have every year about uh, category fraud and the idea of why, Hmm. why are we letting actors decide or producers or whoever's making these decisions what category it goes in? Shouldn't that be the awards body? That decides yeah. what category it goes in. Now, technically, it is, by the way, the awards bodies. Mm-hmm. But what awards body is going to go? Nah, I'm going to put you in lead instead. Uh, you know, like I would. Uh, yeah, I actually would too. <laughs> so I actually have, in fact, wow. done that. So, um, it's
3: interesting.
1: Yeah. So, I mean,
3: I'm glad they're doing that, so they don't. Sp- I mean, obviously, it's so they don't split votes. Well, that'll help their chances, both of them.
1: Yeah, but but Jennifer Ely could have been perfect supporting. Um. Uh, suggestion for this movie um, her scene on the uh, Cornwall at the beach in Cornwall where she's telling her mm. story she is so good so in that good. scene she's <laughs> the perfect definition of a, of a supporting actor nom um, I guess supporting actress uh, for the category yeah. but um, yes. but yeah uh, but
3: you, and you bring up another good thing too is I think this had a really perfect opening hook mm-hmm. I love the beginning of this movie yeah I think that was really great and how it comes back too.
1: yeah yeah Andrew, some uh, some thoughts. What do you like?
2: Uh, well, I think that the best compliment you can give this film is that it would be considered the sequel to uh, All the President's Men, which I think is the best investigative reporting film that I can think of. I actually never me. seen that. I-, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that, enjoy it. But I can see how a lot of people would watch this movie and go, "Okay, it's a it's a copy paste of that movie," because. There's the deep throat character, you know. There's the, uh, uh, the 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 final call at the very end where you're waiting, you you're waiting for that call to come in. And I mean, there's a lot of scene for scene, you know, comparisons with that. But if you're gonna like try and base an investigative reporting movie off anything, you could do a lot worse than uh, all the presidents men. Going on to our two leads, I think they are just incredible. I personally would say that Zoe Kazan. Is the one who steals the movie for me, okay. but uh, they're both but great. they're both they're both yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Kazan has several scenes where she really pushes her character to an emotional breaking point mm-hmm. that I felt not only believable but genuine. Um, again, not to take away from Carrie Mulligan or Patricia Clarkson or Andre Brower, that that core group of mm-hmm. you know people at the New York Times. Um, I, I really loved the. Uh, the team the team mm-hmm. aspect that they yeah. that they brought. Everybody had something that they brought to the table. Um I love how every single time uh, somebody had to talk to Harvey Weinstein, Andre Barr was like, I'll take care of it. And he would yeah. just put him in his place. Every single time I was like, yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs>
3: They're so good.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's it's an acting tour de force, which you need in a movie like this where there is a lot of walkie talkie going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but every single one, every single time that there was a, a victim that had to be interviewed about their experience about, you know, working with Harvey Weinstein, it was insane how all the victims' stories entailed similar, his, or uh, they entailed horrific aspects that were very similar to one another, but each story being told felt deeply personal and unique for them okay. and I struggled so many times in this movie to keep from crying
1: and I failed
0: <laughs> multiple times
1: in this movie but uh here's, the, here's yeah. the trick Andrew here's the trick just cry just don't just don't try to stop just just let it flow let, ugly let cry. the emotion flow through you uh, I do yeah. the lip
2: quiver that <laughs> beautiful. Know? it's and a beautiful I thing can't... I
1: love it I love it uh, that is, it is a beautiful cry. I would never call that an ugly <laughs> cry. Uh, other thoughts uh, that you might have, if we want to go into negatives, we can go in there. Whatever, whatever else about this movie that, uh, that impacted your experience, Susan. You guys have
2: negatives.
3: I don't have negatives. I was curious of y'all's thoughts on Ashley Judd in the film.
1: Yeah, because I, I
3: didn't, I didn't like expect her, and I also, you know, I there were moments for a second that was probably like. The, where it almost took me out just a moment of the movie for a split second.
0: Well,
1: let's talk about mm. the choice this movie makes, right? Mm-hmm. The choice this movie makes is that if this is a person you're going to recognize, that's mm-hmm. either going to be that person mm-hmm. or we're not going to show you their face.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Right? That That's down the line. Now, maybe if you like studied this story and you know some of the players. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the The people that the majority, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, yeah. Rose McGowan, um, Harvey Donald Wein- Weinstein, Donald Trump, uh, yeah. the 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 people that are in this movie, that mm-hmm. the majority of people would know what they look like. the mm-hmm. uh, The the movie makes the choice to. I think Ashley Judd is the only one that that is actually the person that we see. Yeah, and so I we think. see her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could be wrong about that, and um, and please let me know. But if it's somebody else, we see the back of heads, we hear voices. The Gwyneth Paltrow voice was dead on; like it sounded like Gwyneth Paltrow to me. Wait, we
3: heard Gwyneth Paltrow
1: on the phone. Yeah, on the phone. The Donald was, Trump voice was dead on like it, Yeah, it,
3: the Trump so, voice was. I so, think those are
1: authentic recordings, aren't they? Some of them are, but I don't Not know. Not Rose
3: the, McGowan. No, I don't think the Rose <laughs> McGowan the stuff one. is
1: authentic. Uh the Trump one was good. It was it was either a recording or it was it was what, what I'm what I'm bringing up here is the fact that the movie gives you the best chance you have At not being distracted by that stuff. And I think it does it really, really well. Now, Susan, Mm -hmm. what you bring up about Ashley Judd is, uh, ironically, that maybe becomes a distraction because you know that actually is the person uh, and so you are aware that this is a person who is reinserting themselves in the story, who is now uh, older than they were when when this was you know happening, although not a lot—seven, um, eight years, yeah, you know. something like that. Um, yeah. So it's for me, I didn't find it distracting. In fact, I found myself getting more emotional during uh, those yeah. parts. Right.
3: So. Yeah, it okay. wasn't. It wasn't. It was just the initial because I didn't expect her, and I was like, oh, oh
1: okay. You like know, just
3: the initial. Shock. Oh, that's really it was initial good. shock. Yeah, that was like the moment where, for a second, it took me out, and it was fine because obviously, there's a, mo- a key moment with her and Zoe Kazan that I did cry, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, it's, it's almost like similar to like first, I mean, like you remember like Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm, where it's sure. like when you're recreating, like you know, it takes you a moment, like okay, it's interesting to see them play themselves, or I mean, I know he wasn't, he was playing his dad, but still, you know what I mean, like playing. Characters they know. It just, like, takes me a second. Because that's very rare. It's very rare we're in a biopic, or not in a biopic, but, you know, like a true story, the real person comes in and plays themselves. So I just wasn't expecting it, but once I got into it, I mean, I love that she did that. I think that's wonderful, and that speaks volumes on her, too. Like, that's, it was, it it made it that much more impactful and that much more authentic. And I think that's the key thing with this movie, is that it feels so authentic, and um, they don't try to be very hollywood with it i don't feel i feel like they don't mind just being like not i don't feel like simple is the right word but i I mean i uh, it's just very authentic i I feel Mm -hmm. like that's just the main thing they don't try to go glitzy and bigger or anything like that and that's what makes it so much more powerful
1: well and and also because it's it's not uh, i mean okay uh, let me state this um carefully uh Mm -hmm. it, it is of course about the the uh, experiences of all these people, but the movie is so centered on the journalistic process mm-hmm. in what what that means to the stories of these people uh, that I don't think we have really a. Ch- the movie doesn't get starstruck. There's there's nothing mm-hmm. about this movie that feels like. I, I was was wor- I was actually worried at the beginning with the Trump call. I was actually really? worried at the beginning because the very first thing one of the very first things we hear is this conversation with Donald Trump and I was like, "Oh, is that what we're do-? like is we're just yeah. going to be like, hey, look at these famous people that were involved." But the movie very quickly finds its its balance in its tone mm-hmm. and that becomes just a part of, you know, the launch pad of what we're talking right. about. So what? So yeah, I hear what you're saying.
3: Yeah, and I think that was so essential to have that because that that showed that well that was the start of it. But it was interesting because I, and I'm not trying to. It's not a political thing. It's just like they showed what that man did with sexual misconduct, mm-hmm. and then he became president, mm-hmm. and then the you know what other people other people got in trouble, but for other actions. But this man became president. Like it was
1: just well, there was a, interesting to see that there's an underlying theme or through line about why does it matter Mm -hmm. all this work we put into investigating and being above reproach why does it matter in the case of of trump if he's just going to be elected president and nobody cares and you get a real sense that the feeling even during the weinstein stuff was like we'll put this out but Mm -hmm. is it really going to make a difference like Right. what makes a difference and there are several conversations exactly. about why you make that choice even if it doesn't make the difference that yeah. you think it might make that i think are 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 really powerful um mm-hmm. and it, we we have the the benefit of hindsight to go well of course it made a difference it made it like it became a huge movement uh which by yeah. the way this movie never references me too the hashtag no. me too not once but you're
3: right yeah during the entire yeah. not
1: even in the end like not even in mm-hmm. the Harvey Weinstein was accused of this, like, you know, the end things that come up in these movies. I expected to see it uh,
2: at the end of the movie where they have it in different languages, she said. And, you know, it's like translated Mm -hmm. uh, for like the global audience. I was surprised. I thought I was going to see it in there, too. I was so surprised
1: that I wondered if it was a legal issue. Like, I wondered if somebody Mm. owns the rights to like the Mm. the what's it called? The Trademark on that phrase or something, um, which would be a shame, honestly, but you know, I mean, that is how, um, you know, ownership, uh, yeah. content culture works. Um, unfortunately, yeah. so I, it, but it did seem strange enough that I wondered, like maybe there was a reason they, they couldn't do that or maybe they just didn't want that to be part of the distraction. I don't know. So, Right.
3: I think that that could have been, that could have taken people out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh all right. Well let's uh let's do our one last thing. Any final thing you wanna talk about uh with she said?
3: Oh, go ahead. No, Andrew. I just I was gonna add something, but
2: you can No, you can go ahead. It's okay. Yeah, go for no, it. No,
3: I just I just wanted to mention um that she said earned a Sophie for the those critics choice um women's group, women's committee. Oh. Mm-hmm. I that should we announced that this week, so I just thought it was relevant um that it was nice. the. women's seal and I think it was and I just watched it and I think it was very well earned. Um it was the the seal of female empowerment and entertainment and um yeah I just wanted to give it that credit.
1: Yeah. Yep. One last thing Andrew. Uh
2: besides no post credit scene, I would say that this film is directed beautifully by Maria Schrader, who I just found out about, because I think Mm -hmm. she's only done Uh, Besides her acting career, she's a German director mostly, so not a lot of uh, uh, English films that I might have heard of. But I found she has the ability to capture specific scenes with this nuanced sense of dread and suspense. What I mean by this is like, there are scenes where you'll have two individuals who who we're focusing on and they're having a discussion, yet the camera is shot from either a reflective surface or from outside of a window. And it builds tension because you see, you know, the reflections of people walking down the road or down the hallway. And you don't know if it's just a random pedestrian or if it's somebody following the these reporters. So the way this film is shot, I think, deserves a lot of praise. I think it was very smart the way they did it. Yep.
3: Yeah, it was shot. I also like that they didn't show. I don't know if that's necessarily a spoiler, but they don't show the actual attacks. Like,
1: yeah, that's true.
3: I, I like that, and it's funny because the the way the women talk about it is so descri- descriptive and visual in your mind that you almost feel like you watched it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I feel like I did see that, but you know, you just see, see images of clothes on the floor or something like that, and I thought that's in some ways that's even more um graphic just because it's left to our own imagination. So
1: I do we know, do you guys know? Because I did not look it up the uh the recording of the uh event that happened is that the actual recording is that a matter of public record and they were able to use it or
3: i was wondering that too it has most, to be right it's the if most
1: it, unsettling scene in the entire movie i was gonna say you know you it, bring up the fact that that you know we're not shown anything but mm-hmm. to hear that um e- even if it was a recreation it's a spectacular recreation Uh, I don't believe it is a recreation. There are moments where like the, the subtitles say, you know, like uh, unintelligible or like, you know, where the, you can't hear exactly what's being said. Um, So it felt very almost documentary like in during that moment. And it's just, the visual is just slow pans down hallways, hotel hallways. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's so effective. It's so Mm -hmm. effective. Um, it just feels like this movie, every one hundred choices this movie made, ninety-nine of them were correct and the yeah. other one was good enough. You know, like none of them <laughs> yeah. were That's bad. Exactly like this, it. This movie this movie did not make bad choices. It just it really doesn't feel like it did. Um, so so yeah. Uh so yeah, I guess that would be my my kind of one final thing. So there you go. That yeah. she said it's available in theaters. High, high recommend. This is oh, one of yeah. those movies where it's just like don't let it just fly under the radar and be like, "Oh, I don't want to feel things, so I don't want to go see that movie." Like, w- we need to process this stuff. We need to experience mm-hmm. it. We need, as a culture, to wrestle with the demons of what it means to be humans and to be around other humans and um, and the empathy that it takes to live together and hear each other's stories. Yeah. So, but also, you got to be aware um, that
2: this one. is a movie that can trigger a lot of emotions for people. Oh, of course. So you need to be aware of the type of movie that you're watching while it be, while it is being important. I'd never would ha- want to have somebody relive uh, an experience just to uh, see a movie, you know, but it is a very good movie and it's an important movie too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the stat I hear often is that one in five women have been sexually assaulted. Um, and the fact that 20% of the female population has dealt with actual sexual assault, not, not, you know, sexual impropriety, sexual assault is astonishing. And, um, I think you clearly understand the kind of topic that you're going into here. Um, and there's a large portion, uh, of, of women who have already had to process this and deal with this. And, uh, you know, yourself, um, you know, better than anyone else and whether or not a movie like this would be a overall negative experience or an overall positive one for you. Um, But uh, from my perspective, it is it is necessary watching for many, many people um, to understand. So, yeah, yeah. so there you go. That is, she said, uh, let's move on and talk about disenchantment. Totally different. Yeah, just a little bit. This world feels very different. Is it sometimes easier to live in Andalasia?
2: Well, I wouldn't say easier. We have dragons and ogre rebellions.
0: Last year, the entire kingdom was trapped in a giant whale.
2: Oh. This
3: is not a magic land. It is a land far, far away from my friends.
1: I'm so late. I'm a commuter now.
3: You're riding this train over and over and... Over and over and over and over and over. And then you die.
1: Disillusioned with life in the city, feeling out of place in suburbia, and frustrated that her happily ever after hasn't been so easy to find, Giselle turns to the magic of Andalasia for help, accidentally transforming the entire town into a real-life fairy tale and placing her family's future happiness in jeopardy. She must race against time to reverse the spell and determine what happily ever after truly means to her and her family. Uh, this is available on Disney Plus. I do not believe it's getting a theatrical release. Uh, really? So this is a sequel, of course, to Enchanted. It brings back most of the the cast for another round. Uh, Patrick Dempsey and um, is coming back with Amy Adams as the central couple. And then, of course, you've got James Marsden and Idina Manz, uh, Menzel uh, as the Andalasia uh, king and queen um so yeah let's talk a little bit about disenchanted what did you think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay susan you get to start this time
3: Mm, like a notch above i don't want to say hate it
1: oh Um, like a low dislike
3: maybe i'll give it like it was a Okay, low a low okay. I
1: was gonna say it's definitely a low okay if you're going okay. I can tell by the tone yeah. of your voice. Uh, yeah,
0: sure. Like when you're okay. like,
1: I don't want to say I hated it. Uh, we're already well into the low okays at that point.
2: <laughs> yeah. Low okay. I don't want to say I hated it because I loved it. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
1: it's not going That's there. Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Andrew, what about you? Well,
2: I had to watch uh, Enchanted first. Oh, so. okay.
0: How was that oh, experience you for Enchanted. you?
2: Yeah, uh I liked Enchanted. I thought it was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, I yeah.
0: love Enchanted. Yeah,
1: Enchanted's yeah. good.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, this one I would I would say that I did not like as much as the first one. I will join Susan in just okay, but I'm not like teetering into didn't like it or anything like okay. that.
1: Well, we are all we we run the various spectrum of the just okay, because I'm on the high side of just <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> we're all in an okay realm. <laughs> we're all just kind of like meh. But I kind of liked it. Meh. But I didn't like it. And meh. <laughs> meh. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm not I guess, mad I watched it. I, I guess that means I'm the one that loved this movie. I guess that yeah. puts me at the, the highest uh, ranking Here, of all of why us. Why is this your movie of the year? This movie is so good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, th- look, look, here's the thing. This movie is... Is exactly the movie you think it's going to be like this is one of those movies where you're just you're just following the next thing. You're finding a little spin to put on it, but you're trying to recapture the same literally magic and and do, you know, put a movie out there that can recapture, you know, the audience of Enchanted. Now, that is a good thing and a bad thing. It is a good thing, meaning if you like Enchanted, you're going to find some stuff to like here. You're, you're going to like these characters already. You're going to want to see what the next page of the, the the story tells. I did like that this movie started with the idea of, you know, happily ever after. Doesn't that mean ever like ever after? Like, why are we doing a sequel? Like, yeah. you know, you, you get married and then you're happy and that's how it, that's how that's all how it works. There's no problems. after. I loved that kind of idea at the beginning. Uh, but this movie goes exactly where you think it's going to go. So the negative of that is uh, there's not really a lot here to keep me interested because I kind of get what's going on here. Um, You know, this this movie lives formulaically ever after. Uh, It just, (laughs) it, it feels like they took the formula of the first and put a little spin on it and, yeah. Yay, happy, S- skip to my loo, we're having an okay time. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that is, that is where I land. I think I put it on the high side of okay because I like Enchanted. I like this universe. I like Amy Adams. Uh, I uh, absolutely uh, love the James Marsden character. I think he's mm-hmm. almost in a different movie than everybody else, and I wish I was yeah. watching that movie a little yeah. bit more. It almost mm-hmm. feels like the... Um, the Chris Pine performance from uh, Into the Woods, yeah. where it's just like this this really interesting, uh, you know, royal uh, character. I like when the movie goes to those places more than when it tries to find its authenticity in the human world. Um,
2: That's actually my biggest con with the movie is James Marsden. Oh,
1: interesting. Because he's not in it
0: enough. Oh,
3: yes. I was going to say that. <laughs> he wasn't in it enough. And that Correct. was so, so great about Enchanted is I felt like I got – a good amount of him and we needed him so much more in this one
1: he got all the laughs from me in the first one yeah like like the Maya Rudolph stuff wasn't working for me and that kills me to say I love Maya Rudolph Uh, and again there are a lot of things that go into whether a performance works or not Mm -hmm. Um, and but it was just like I think that was supposed to be comedy <laughs> but it was but it wasn't. she's
3: normally very funny it's yeah. not her fault i think it was the script like yeah. i just wasn't I did not laugh at anything with her, and I did not like even like the two side minions, yeah. whatever they were. It was just like, I'm mm-hmm. this is i not feeling the this writing.
1: at all. It really feels it's, like yeah. it might yeah. be the writing in this no, case. No, it's the writing. Because the Jayma Maze is also hilarious. I, I love her and stuff. Yvette, uh, Nicole Brown is great. Um, yeah. Community, it, come on. Yeah, right. but it's just the like whole. they weren't given – the 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 stuff to work with here doesn't. Oh, well, they're really. very
2: like, empty characters. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, even the whole like thing when she did the cupcake sale and she's like, vote for Morgan, all that stuff, and then she's just like, you're not supposed to do this. Let's take it down. I was just like, what? What is this? Isn't anything like this? Yeah. I don't feel this. I don't feel. Uh, it just feels cringy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. There there is unfortunately a little bit of a cringe element to it. Uh, I was trying to think other than James Marsden, who you're right, is not in it enough uh, where the humor points were. And I think some of the songs have some funny things in them. I do. I always, I like songs. I, you know, these aren't like memorable songs by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's fun to see Amy Adams dancing with a large group of people in a courtyard. Like that's, that's fun for me. The fact that she really did like, uh, take voice lessons to be able to sing this stuff. Some of the stuff she's singing is re- like, she's really talented. She's, you know, found a, you know, and of course she's in a movie with Tina Menzel, like, you oh know, God. how yeah. do you stand up to Medina I mean. Dina Menzel? <laughs> yeah. The song is
2: the best part of the movie. That, the Agreed. one
3: where she with the memories, right? Like yeah. the, that was my favorite part. Was you that think
2: song. that's uh, Oscar non-worthy?
3: I I think it is. It, if it, Yes, cuz it gave me that was the one point in the film where I kind of got chills. I will tell you, I was struggling to pay attention oh. in this movie. And it more so halfway through. At first half mm-hmm. I was in it and then when they do the spell yeah. or whatever I'm like, oh, no, I hate this. And then um, Adina's song pulled me back. Like, I was on my phone, and then I was like, what's this now? And I was getting, like, <laughs> like the chills. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if it's her. I mean, she, she is phenomenal. She could sing the phone book, and I would be entranced. But mm-hmm. yeah. that song, like, was with the memories and everything. I love that part. That was my favorite part.
1: yeah Yeah, i maybe oscar nunez made me laugh a couple times you know like he you know he had a couple funny lines i thought um but overall yeah beyond james marsden just nailing that character um there just wasn't a lot to laugh at um he wasn't
2: he wasn't as good as james marsden but i think that patrick dempsey whenever he was trying that character It got a few chuckles out of me, but it it was either... It's
1: just he's not that good at it. No, I thought that's that's what
3: made me cringe too, is I could tell he was trying to be like James Marsden in the last film, and I was like, oh, this is
1: failing. Yeah, Prince Patrick Dempsey or whatever he was in that world uh, was the the cringiest part of the movie for me. I was Mm -hmm. just like, "Mm, nope, it's not working. Oh, that was
2: the cringiest part for you?
3: Well... It it was up there. Yeah, I, it
2: just, I, I was like I I could see what he was trying to do, and I was like okay with it. But really, it was uh, uh the three uh you mm. know uh, evil wit- They were I guess they weren't witches, but you know close enough. No, you're um, right.
3: Actually, Andrew, I agree with that.
2: My biggest pro for the movie, which you guys did mention, is Amy Adams, and maybe it's the fact that I have watched the first one and this one back to back, but. I got the sense that she is somehow able to fully embody all of these Disney princess characteristics in a very convincing way. Like, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to fully embody the traits of specific animated characters and then make them believable in a live-action performance. Mm-hmm. But she did, so <laughs> kudos to you. That That's really, really imp- impressive. And I don't know if it's just... because Disney has a patent on fairy tale whimsy and wonder but it it felt so real the magic felt so real and like loving even like even the darkest magic that's in this reminded me of all those you know animated Disney films I watched growing up I'm like oh yeah this reminds me of uh, Maleficent or oh yeah that reminds me of but it still it brought a smile to my face whenever I saw that, so I think that's why I can't say I didn't like this movie because it did make me smile, and uh, I'm not I'm not upset that I watched it.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, what else do we want to talk about with uh, Disenchanted? Aside uh, from any- how perfect the title is uh, for our, <sighs> our response to this movie. Oh, that's yeah. savage.
3: <laughs> did uh, Did anyone feel like Patrick Dempsey almost felt like? useless in this movie or not as connected because that that was a feeling i felt like he was a little bit like they were i don't know i just felt like obviously since it was more about her relationship with her stepdaughter that Mm, they kind of they were forcing trying to make patrick dempsey's character relevant to the story and that might be why he was so cringy as trying like I don't know. I just didn't, I, I don't like that they went with the route that, that to keep him in this, his storyline was going to try to be like uh, the prince. Like, I, I just yeah. was like, why don't you be more involved in this? This is your daughter. Like, yeah. who well, I don't, I, I don't know. I just felt very, I was like, this is, this is what we're doing with you. I don't know. That was like probably yeah. one of my biggest qualms.
2: Susan, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, You you, you nailed it. Like, they 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 were writing the script and then it, it's as if they like, Oh yeah, he 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 has to do something, doesn't he? Right, uh, 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 exactly. uh. And then uh, they were just frantically trying at the very. No, you're one hundred percent right. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember if it was Aaron or Susan, but you you brought up the stepmother aspect of this, and mm-hmm. I think the film focuses. And this is my biggest negative with the movie, by the way. The mm-hmm. film focuses on the cliche of the evil stepmother, and I was kind of hoping that this particular story arc would have something to say about how in the real world a step-parent can be just as real as a birth paternal or maternal maternal figure but the film doesn't want to focus on that which is a shame because i think Mm -hmm. if they would have done that that could have made this movie just as good as the first one like because otherwise i don't think this movie actually has anything to say
3: right yeah. I think they cop out on that. I thought that's where they were headed. Like the yeah. in the beginning, I was really into it the first half, honestly. Before they did the the switch there, I thought we were going to see like, you know, her stepdaughter wasn't feeling mm-hmm. like the real daughter, like uh, you know, I thought they were going to go on their bond like we didn't And then when they switch and it turns into, "Oh no, I'm turning into an evil stepmother." I was like, "Wait. Now you just lost sight of what you were going for or what I thought you were going for."
1: Yeah, I mean, the I tried, I really tried to give the movie credit for the evil stepmom stuff because there's something it's trying to say about humanity, uh, about the idea that we all can find ourselves being the villain in someone else's story right yeah. the, the idea that from her daughter's perspective mm, yeah you know the, there there is something villainous about a, a stepmom like there you know there's there's a there's a reason that's a a trope right the the evil stepmom yeah. um yeah. And so the idea that to think about how you become less of a villain to the people who you may appear to be a villain to is a really interesting thing to to think about and you know who who in whose narrative am I a villain? you know and the the case is as a human being, probably someone's probably more than one someone's you're the villain in their story. And why is that and what can I do to you know uh, reclaim that narrative? What can I do you know and, and we shouldn't all go around, you know, trying to uh, be the hero in everyone else's story. That's not our our job. Our job is to be, in my opinion, find purpose in being the best version of ourselves We can be according to our worldview and how we see the world and what it means to be a good human. Um, and that is, that is an interesting philosophical conversation that this movie doesn't have an ounce of energy to give to like it is it just lays it right there in the text one or two times without really exploring it um but i think that was the i think that was the goal i think the goal was to to find a way through that that topic um it's just trying to do too many other things to really spend a lot of time there in my opinion Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so yeah um but that's there right it's there um and it certainly could be could be meaningful um to some people So, yeah, which at the end of the day, you know, that's that's not bad. That's good. And this this is one of those movies where I just go, you know, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad people who liked Enchanted have a way to kind of carry on this story. It just sits on Disney Plus. And if you want to check it out, check it out. Like it's. I don't know. It's fun that we live in a world where th- movies don't have to be award contenders to have right. a positive place in somebody's life, you know, just to yeah. be like, yeah, we'll throw this on and watch it with the kids tonight, you know, kind of thing.
3: I think it helps that it's a streaming film. I don't know if we're mm-hmm. trying to tell people to go pay to go watch it at the theaters necessarily. Well, I'm not right. even
1: telling people to go stream it on Disney Plus. <laughs> I, like, I'm just saying it's nice that it, it exists as something as a choice that that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, you and your significant other, you and your family, uh, you and your kids, you and your parents, whatever, have an opportunity to go, hey, let's uh, let's watch that disenchanted movement, uh, movie tonight and just have a good time together. Like that's, you know, it's not one of those movies that I think you'll come away from going, oh, that was terrible. Why did we spend two hours watching that? Which, by the way, it is a two-hour movie. Really really two movie it, it felt it's really long, long. <laughs> so, yeah so to contradict myself right in the middle of saying hey maybe watch it uh yeah it is two hours long but um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad these movies exist i i really am uh i i am uh for a world where mediocre movies uh, can exist for the joy of some people who are not me um so so yeah uh that's that's where I land just just put it on the put it on the dvd case put it on the blu-ray case uh Aaron Dicer glad this movie exists for people that aren't him uh that'll that'll work well for promotion uh any final
2: thoughts no post-credit scene if you haven't seen the first one definitely check it out
3: I thought there was a no there wasn't huh no you're right the first one had one right I can't remember now.
2: I can't either, uh, <laughs> but I do. I think the only thing that's going on during the credits is like some, uh, you know, some like background effects and stuff like that, but
1: no yeah. actual like scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Susan, did you have anything else you wanted to mention?
3: Not really. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's it, it's okay if you want to keep watching it. I I mean, I was just such a fan of the first one. So I think that was why I was. It didn't have the magic of the first one for me, but I did really enjoy that that song, and I do think Amy Adams is incredible and James Marsden, and so yeah, it just, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, I. That's agree. your
2: DVD box title. Right? <laughs> right. It's okay.
1: It's fine. That's right. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh I don't really have much else to say. Not there's nothing I feel like really needs to be brought out. Um nah. I uh I had I had an uh, a, a time. I had a time. Ah, uh, you had a time. I had a time. Well, it did it didn't
3: help that right after I watched it, I watched Spirited. And I know maybe that's not as much of a kids movie. Oh, that's
1: the the Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds yeah, and Will, Will Ferrell Farrell.
3: and I I enjoyed that far more.
1: Oh, nice. Mm. Well, there you go. That's my one last thing. I haven't seen Spirited, so I'll watch that. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, before we move on, uh, just want to let you know, we appreciate our Cif Pop members so much. Um, we love doing extra content for you guys, by the way. We had a great conversation about the menu, and I will mention this here because you may be wondering, why aren't you reviewing the menu this week? The menu came out. We reviewed the menu on this podcast several weeks ago because uh, I got a chance to see it at a film festival um, a while back, and so we did a full review then. However... If you're curious to hear Andrew's thoughts on it or Susan's thoughts on the menu or my extended thoughts on the menu, because it is clearly a movie I loved. Um, we have that in the members only pre-show uh, for this week. So what happens when you are a Cif Pop member at a certain level? Uh, you get bonus podcasts most weeks and those just show up in your own personal podcast feed, including ad free versions of the main podcast uh, show up in that feed for you as well. Um so if that's something you're curious about, maybe you've been thinking, oh, I'd love to support them. Maybe that's the thing that puts you over the edge. Whatever the case may be, just know that you're loved and appreciated for even considering it. Um, we, we do appreciate the support we get from our Sift Pop members. So uh, check that out at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Sift Pop. That's patreon.com slash Sift Pop uh, if you're curious in checking any of that out. All right. Let's move on to the best ever challenge. We are going to look at the best ever movies in a particular category. The category of this week is best ever she movies. Uh, this is movies. These are movies with the word she in the title. And be creative, have fun. Doesn't have to be <laughs> the actual word she. It can be hidden inside another word. In fact, I don't even have one in my top five. That is the actual word she. So, oh, uh, my goodness. yeah, okay. all mine are hidden. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, so we'll get into it. We'll go from number five to number one. And of course, uh, if you have one higher, uh, it will get uh, trumped. And we'll talk about it at the uh, at the highest part of the ranking. Uh, all right. Uh, Susan, why don't you kick us off? What's your number five?
3: I'll be surprised if you guys know what this is, but it's called She Gets What She Wants. It was also called Slap Her. She's French. Like, the original title. It's <laughs> a weird then, title. Yeah, and then it changed to so She Gets What She Wants. Um, it's, it, yeah, it stars uh, Piper Perabo, which, and it had Trent Ford in it. But basically, it's kind of like they, this family with this popular girl, they take in a foreign exchange student who essentially ends up wanting to be, like, the popular girl and, like, take over her life. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of rom-coms and comedies in my list. This is my (laughs) genre. This was was a – Uh-huh. Sure. I think this actually was a TV movie maybe. And then eventually it was a rental for me. I think I like repeated. This is a very easy rewatch for me. It's just fun. I love movies like these.
1: Nice. I've never heard of this. Um, Yeah. No, I
3: know. (laughs) I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked.
1: It's amazing. Uh, I will go next uh, with my number five, uh, I think a a movie that fits in well with, she said, uh, Bombshell. Uh, I think I enjoyed more than most. Kind of deals with very similar uh, topic and has some really incredible performances in it. This movie did not make the choice that she said uh, made where the famous people uh, are not shown. Uh, it definitely has people playing famous people. Um, what are you and, talking about?
2: That was Megan Kelly.
1: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it really appeared to be. Uh, so, yeah, Bombshell uh, is in at my number five. I really, uh, really like that movie. Uh, Andrew, what do you have at number five?
2: I had bombshell on my list to watch of movies to watch last night because mm-hmm. I was wanting to put it on this list in case it was good enough, and I did not get around to it. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, and
1: time- uh, it was not good enough.
0: <laughs> no,
2: no, 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 no. No, uh, honestly, though, but every single time I see like a screenshot of Charlize Theron, and I'm like, that's, that's Mick and Kelly. It's mm-hmm. crazy how.
1: She's so yeah. incredible, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, But my number five is a little old Robert Zemeckis film called Death Becomes Her.
1: Mm, this is a split word, she. This is the S from yes. becomes and the H-E from her. Uh, yes.
3: I'm trying to like, find you guys really hit the she's.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I couldn't
2: find any that actually had a she in it that I was like <laughs> able to pick from. But uh, no, this is a fun movie. I mean, it's not, it's not anything that you would be like, oh, you haven't seen Death Becomes Her. You gotta see death. But if it's something that's on... It's it's a fun watch. I love Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep in a movie I never would have expected to see her in. Actually, really, any of these people, like uh, Isabella Rossellini, uh, Goldie Hawn, Bruce Willis, none of these are the types of people I would expect to see in this movie. But it's fun. It's yeah. fun. I think you'll have a lot of uh, enjoyment in this one.
1: It is fun. It's uh, it definitely uh, worth being in the honorable mentions for me. Um, uh, are you ready to be very jealous, Andrew? You ready to be very jealous? Oh, uh, I am so
2: ready to be jealous.
1: I spent a few minutes with Goldie Hawn at the uh, Glass Onion uh, premiere because she was there supporting what? her daughter and who's Goldie in the Hawn movie was there. Goldie Hawn was there, uh, hanging out at the after party. And uh, yeah, I'm jelly. Just I an absolute legend. Too. Absolute was she legend. Nice? Yeah, yeah, she was very nice. Um, you can tell when she's in a crowd that like there's a lot of attention on her, and so <laughs> she wasn't there long. Uh, I think it gets very exhausting very fast. Um, but she did want to support Kate, so uh, so yeah, she was hanging out there. Um, and it's nice, and it's it's easier when there's a lot of people that people want their attention. So you know, like all the the actors were there, and then there were people like. Jamie Lee Curtis was there, like, you know, there were people, you know, associated with the the franchise. So, you know, there were a few people to, uh, you know, diminish the 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 throng. But when you're somebody like Goldie Hawn, like your gravity is just because you're a legend. You're just a legend at that point. And so the gravity kind of goes up. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was great. Uh, all right. On to our number fours. Susan, yeah. what do you got at number four?
3: I just have to add, actually, Death Becomes Her used to be one of my favorite movies as a kid. Oh, nice, I
2: that.
3: yeah, interesting movie
1: to watch as a kid. Yep,
3: uh, it was on USA like repeatedly, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, Yes, loved yep. it. <laughs> um, but my number four, honestly, this was one. I mean, it's good, it's good, but I threw that in because <clears throat> it was really hard. I picked Sherlock Holmes like, sure.
2: 2009. Aaron <laughs> hit the button.
3: Oh. <laughs>
1: Apparently you're getting trumped, Susan. There you go. Um, (laughs) Uh, so does it mean I'm next? Yeah, so you are so next. My number four is a very recent film. I think this is this year, in fact. Uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Um, I love this movie. Uh, yeah. I cannot wait to watch it again. Um, just so sweet. Uh, it has such a specific tone and point of view um and uh really really digging uh Jenny Slate's energy and what she brings to films. So Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is is great worth worth your watch and uh comes in at number 4. Was Ginny uh,
2: Slate the original act uh, voice actress yes. for Marcel? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, it's her creation.
1: Cool. Um all right, you're number 4, Andrew. Uh
2: this is where I have the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Mm. Uh it's not a great movie. No, it's not. <laughs> kind of like a uh, death becomes her, you know, <laughs> maybe I could have flipped these two around. Yeah, I think,
3: but, uh, probably
1: should have in my opinion, but yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's more along the lines of death becomes her is it. Well, it is good. It's not my type of movie, but I can always turn on a, a cheesy action movie and be semi entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, Punisher John Bernthal is the only one who ever really got it right, but he's not yeah. in a movie. He's not in a movie called The Punisher, so I had to choose the next best thing. Yeah. So
1: there you go. I don't have anything to say about this movie. You, Susan?
3: Uh, no, no. <laughs> I promise that my top
1: three are really good movies. <laughs> good, good. Uh, no, it's fine. People like what they like. That's fine. You can put a Punisher movie in there. But I know this isn't a good movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Susan, what's your number three?
3: Number three is She's Out of My League. I actually movie. love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's so much fun. It's another one that if it's on TV, I have no problem uh, rewatching it. I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really cute rom-com and great message in there too. about Yeah.
2: Give skinny, nerdy guys hope. That's <laughs> sure. What this, that's what the message of this movie is, right? I think. Yeah. yeah totally.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, this is an adorable movie. I absolutely yeah. love
1: it. It's yeah.
3: funny. Great yeah. cast.
1: Yep, I like it. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, my number three uh, is The Fisher King. Uh, I have at number three. Um, I love Robin Williams. Yeah, well, this
2: would have been on my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, this
1: this I've gone back and forth on this movie. Actually, I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and a friend uh, encouraged me to do a rewatch shortly thereafter. Actually, and uh, I found his. View on the movie convincing, and watching it kind of through his eyes uh, was able to find a really deep respect for this movie. Um, so yeah, Robin Williams is in it. Jeff Bridges is in it. Um, it's it's definitely willing to go to some places, and uh, and certainly knowing Robin Williams' story in hindsight, it's you know kind of uh, a a uh, there's a lot of pathos to watching it. You know, yeah. um, because of some of the things it deals with. So, yeah, <clears throat> if you haven't checked out the Fisher King, um, it'd be a recommend for me. That's my number three.
2: Uh, it's hard, kind of hard to put a uh, a genre like stamp on Terry Gilliam because mm-hmm. you have movies like this, then you have Monty Python on the Holy Grail. Yeah. I mean, the guy does pretty much everything. Yep. I I haven't liked a lot of his newer movies, but uh, no, this is a good one. This is a very good one, yeah. and it should have been. Uh, you know what? Take out the Punisher. Move <laughs> death becomes her up, and then put uh Fisher King at the very bottom. <laughs> fair
1: enough, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what is your number three?
2: This is where I have Sherlock, the 2009. Nice, oh, okay. nice.
1: Yeah. It's a good movie, it's fine. It's good yeah, movie. It's yeah, it's in my honorable good. mentions.
0: Yeah, it's I it's
2: good. because this was done after, if I'm correct, uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Martin Freeman show had started. I think uh, this came after that show had begun, so...
1: Did it? Man, that's not how I remember it, but I I can look it up. up. Go ahead, keep talking, Andrew. I'll look it up.
2: But uh, I love this portrayal of Sherlock as this spasmatic, uh, almost undefinable genius. It's so fun. But I think that what makes this movie absolutely work is the fact that you have to have good chemistry between Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And I think that the... The going back and forth between Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. is just perfect. It's so good. I, I think that the, they're just the uh, kind of reminds me of like something in Lethal Weapon where the chemistry between two completely different people works so well in trying to solve a case. I, mm-hmm. And I think that the actual mystery itself is a lot of fun because I questioned throughout the entire movie if there was a supernatural element to it. And I should have known, but it was just done so well that even I was, I say even I like I'm some specialist, (laughs) but that even I was like, you know, kind of, you know, questioning what was reality and what wasn't.
1: Yeah, uh, they released very s- close together. In fact, uh, the movie came out December uh, of Christmas mm-hmm. of two thousand nine. Uh, okay. The TV show released July of two thousand ten. So like seven um, months apart. So the movie maybe did I just come first. seen
2: it. Okay. Yeah,
1: the movie did come first. Okay. Uh, all right. So on to our number two. Two. Susan, what do you got at number two?
3: I have what I call a classic. Uh, she's all that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um- my honorable mentions. Good,
3: yeah. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. I mean, that's one of the early like that when there when there was actually really good rom coms and they were in the theaters. This was I don't want to say necessarily like I've, I've rewatched it and there are flaws. As, as a, if I had to review it today, mm-hmm. it would not probably have a good score. But yeah. for its time, I mean, I ate it up. I, I this was such a repeatable watch and. I mean, it, what was that? The start of the take a a nerdy the nerdy makeover. Oh wait, no, "Can't Buy Me Love" was probably the start of that. No, so, I
0: mean, but this
2: was this was one of it's like if there's going to be a Mount Rushmore of like a nerdy girl to like prom queen, I think this yeah. is on. It's on the Mount Rushmore, for sure. mm-hmm.
3: right? Yeah, yeah, this is definitely well the yeah the female version of that. Well, because yeah, because I don't know, like "Can't Buy Me Love" was like the the male. I would yeah. say. When
2: did A Walk to Remember come out? Because that was kind of in that genre too. Wasn't that was it?
3: definitely around the same time. Yeah. I think it was after because I remember Rachel Lee Cook actually dated Shane West, and they were dating. I don't know, but uh, I assume it might have been after. But yeah, th- mm. this was just one of my
2: favorites. Yeah. And Rachel film. Rachel Lee Cook famous for being in you know rom coms and stuff like that. They, this is her bread and butter. This no. is
3: definitely hers. This is, and if you watch, I will tell you, if you watch the the Netflix, he's all that, you uh-huh. will think of this as an Oscar winner. Because <laughs> it was so bad. So like, terrible. Was, no. was, oh, and Rachel no. E. Cook plays the mom of the popular girl. And it is just awful. Like I I can't even. It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: All right. My number two is an animated film, uh, Stop Motion, uh, Flushed Away, uh, one of my Mm. favorites. Um, Really, really dig this movie. Kind of one of the forgotten Ardmans, uh, and not a a lot of people think of it, but it is a blast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, It's beautifully animated, and uh, one I would definitely recommend. So uh, Flushed Away comes in at my number two uh, Very good. andrew what's your number two
2: well um it's in my top four movies of this year in fact we reviewed it either last week or the week before banshee's of this year and- <laughs> yeah i knew it i knew it. you i could while i was saying i was looking at your eyes and you had a little glinter like i'm gonna push the button i'm gonna push, push the button can right. I
3: just how frustrated I am that we haven't had a screener, a DVD? They sent us a freaking screenplay book. Like I have the screenplay mm-hmm. to this movie. Yep. And I'm like, I don't want to read it. I don't
0: want to see it. <laughs> this
1: is another one I saw at Fantastic Fest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I would I be in the same boat to watch with you. That. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I do not. I do
2: not. You know, it, it. I could definitely see being a number one.
1: Uh, Susan, what is your number one?
3: Um. Also, in the realm of uh, rom coms, one of my favorites as well is She's the Man with Amanda Bynes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: and yeah.
3: And Channing Tatum, I believe his first movie that might have been oh. the introduction to Channing Tatum.
1: This was before uh, like Step Up? Yep. Yeah.
3: It first, I never even knew who he was. All I remember was when I watched this, I was like, Ooh, he is not a good actor.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that, was,
3: that was in this. He has gotten so much better. I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, he's improved. He really has. Right. Original, his first film, there are definite struggles, uh, but it's still he does a it great It's he's still funny in it. And oh my god, Amanda Bynes, best role of hers ever! She's hilarious, nice, in this movie.
1: yeah.
2: Man, Amanda Bynes was like a huge part of my childhood. Like, what was the show, All That, yeah, like, All the, that. which was the Amanda Nickelodeon show. version of SNL,
3: yeah. <laughs> the
2: Amanda, show. yeah. So, she's, yeah, she's been in a thing or two.
3: Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: Easy movie. A is one of my favorite movies. Yep. I love Easy A.
1: Well, my number one has been mentioned uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, it is number one, both because I think it's probably the best <laughs> movie of the ones that I found, but it also has the word she in it twice. Uh, yes. So, you know, it, it double you counts. Get double points. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still resonating with this movie still, uh, you know, months later for me processing my way through the messages on friendship and, uh, what breakups mean and the idea of human nature to make mountains out of molehills, make very violent mountains out of molehills. Um, it is uh in fact Andrew our conversation really kind of helped me clue into even some of that deeper metaphorical stuff um if you listen Mm. to our episode of the show uh Andrew kind of pointed me to some of the the metaphors in here that I kind of knew were there but I just hadn't really processed them fully and so kind of like processing those has even given me a deeper appreciation for this movie um so yeah I really really dig Banshees of Inishirin um, so I'm sorry, Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, yeah, is, that's uh, what it is. Uh, yeah, I right. really, really like that. Uh, Andrew, what is your number one? Uh,
2: can't, I can't say enough good things about uh, Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, but my number one is a movie that nobody has ever seen, it seems like, because I feel like I'm always the one that's recommending this movie to people. Not only that, it's my number 64 currently on my favorite movies ever and that would be the 2011 film take shelter
1: oh yes starring michael shannon
2: jessica chastain Mm -hmm. uh shea shea wiggum uh yeah this is uh jeff nichols who aaron knows Mm -hmm. is like one of my all-time favorites i love that guy he just his his movies like speak to me on like such a, an amazing and profound level and i think this is the best movie he's ever done the the story of a man it's very biblical in a sense i feel like a man like almost the story of noah mm-hmm. like uh, he he knows uh, like he has dreams that he thinks are possibly visions of this impending storm coming and <clears throat> throughout the movie it's him trying to convince people i i swear i know a storm is coming please believe me you need to take shelter uh you know you need to uh, and he's doing all this stuff but at the same time the things he's doing are for the protection of his family but also they're hindering some very important you know like known problems like the daughter needs surgery and stuff and he's like Okay, yeah, we we get her shelter, but I need to build this storm shelter in our backyard. So he's spending all this money on this shelter and you're like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? I you you want him to be right, but at the same time, if what he's saying is right, you don't want him to be right. right. yeah., yeah so um, but it's a, a it's what I consider the best Michael Shannon performance and that's saying something because i think he's one of the best actors we have
1: man i as soon as we're done here i I need to put this on my uh to watch list um on letterbox i have not seen this um Mm. and uh it sounds like it's right up my alley so um, well i I need to check it it out
2: I'll just tell you this, uh I have a higher appreciation for this movie for some reason than a lot of people because I look on, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and it has a, a semi-decent, you know, appreciation, but nothing to the level that I have it at. Mm, so what is it? Yeah.
1: what what is the uh what is the the Rot Tom? Uh well, the Rot Tom like says ninety-two percent
2: That's what, a then, good then, score. Then I did not look up the right movie because the one i said i saw said 63 percent. no
1: it's a 92 oh. percent and a 7.3 on imdb that is not bad uh no. so
3: imdb is a is a tougher critic than rotten tomatoes
1: oh for sometimes sure. it can be whatever the review bombing that happens and that kind of stuff yeah. but it's um, very
3: comical actually to yeah. See. yeah yeah <laughs> it really and is again but, and again
1: it's in, in if you don't understand the rotten tomatoes number it can be deceiving as well because 92% <clears throat> isn't a quality grade it is a percentage of people that thought the movie was not bad you know what i mean which yeah. is a different yeah. way to look at it um so yeah it really fluctuates.
3: we only have a choice of saying fresh yeah it's binary yeah it's binary like we Yeah. Yeah, So it's like, it's not like I wish they'd let you like do the score of like on a test.
1: They do. They have an adjusted score rating, but nobody really pays attention to it um, because most of the critics do uh, give their like grade or. I do a grade. Yeah. I I do as well. Oh, the
2: actual review as opposed to the actual like ticker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they do have a separate rating for that, but it's people don't often go by that one. Yeah. Um, nice, take shelter. Well, let's talk honorable mentions. Uh, were there yeah. any?
2: Uh, you, uh, <laughs> it would have been Fisher King. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I'll throw in "Beth Becomes Her" because I didn't know that was in there. I love that movie. <laughs> the honorable
1: mentions will just be us mentioning the ones the other people found that we didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only one, a- the only one that that I had that hasn't been mentioned uh, that I thought might be worth mentioning is "Wedding Crashers." Uh, I know a lot of people dig that movie. Um, oh yeah, so
2: I, that- I love yeah. that movie, right.
1: Crashers.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, sure. I'll take that, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so no, That's a that's a fun movie. It's a really I fun movie. I love that movie. movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, it is fun. It is fun. Uh, well, there you go. There's the Best Ever Challenge. All right, let's finish it up with The Buried Treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Susan, you're our guest, so you will go last. Um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? Uh, what do you want people to know about? Have
2: you ever had a movie that you know is like remarkable and then you rewatch it and it just reaffirms how remarkable and, oh, you, may, yes. and you may have undersold Got it all the time? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. there's a movie that was in my top 100 movies of all time and I was like, I haven't watched that in so long. Is it really just as good as I remember? And it was better. And that movie is A Beautiful Mind uh, with Russell Crowe, Ed Harris, Jennifer nice. Connelly, Christopher Plummer, and Vision. Paul Bettany, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd I'd heard of uh, John Nash whenever I was in school because you know all the math teachers have to talk about John Nash at some point. Um, I actually even had a teacher who, whenever this movie came out, which was like 2003 or 2002 somewhere around there, I can't remember. 2001. Wow. Um, but uh, every single uh, year they would uh, even in high school they just played it. Over like once a semester, and I'm like, okay, cool. We get a one or two days where we break down a beautiful mind and we just talk about it. So I'd heard of John Nash, and then I'd seen the movie, which was remarkable. Russell Crowe is stunning in this one. What a what a one two punch because the movie he did just before this was Gladiator. And while I think this is the better performance, I might have Gladiator as a better movie, but not to take away from. How do you guys feel about Ron Howard movies? I know Aaron is a fan. But yeah, Susan, I like you most like of his more?
1: movies, yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 I yeah. like them, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that his portrayal of a man slowly losing his grip on reality is done just so masterfully. Uh, and Akiva Goldsman, who is definitely a hit-and-miss kind of writer, he, he hit with this one. Uh it's yeah it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm glad I rewatched it. Uh I forgot how tense and like like a white mm. knuckling like anxiety inducing this movie can be in points. But uh yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So good.
1: Yeah. Uh I I love this movie. I'm due for a rewatch as well. So uh I might have to pump th- up the rewatch list after I get through the forty more movies I need to see in the next three weeks. <laughs> well, hey, uh, if they
2: don't send you any uh if they don't st- send you any screeners, you know you can always pop it in. Uh
1: yeah, no, then I will catch up on uh the forty thousand T V shows I need to catch up on. Uh yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to find time we'll, to rewatch we'll, stuff. We'll but, never but, get yeah. caught up. Yeah, no, never, never, ever. Never. The last uh, movie I had that experience with was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I uh, did a rewatch on that recently uh, for awards consideration, and that movie is, I thought that movie was astounding the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I am now in awe of that film. It's still um, my, it it is, is still my number it's one of the
3: screening. year. didn't a screening, screener, did they?
1: No. no. Oh,
3: okay, you just no. watch it again, Yeah. yeah. That's one
1: they use. Uh, the 4K is actually on sale on uh, Best Buy yep. right now. Uh, so, for a really good price. So, um, really good copy available if you want yep, it. But that's
2: still, number one movie of the year for me.
1: It is uh, definitely closer to that for me now uh, after a rewatch. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's always a good experience to have.
2: Eric, uh, what's your Buried Treasure for the week?
1: My Buried Treasure. I had a lot to pick from because I'm catching up on so many movies. I decided to go with one that's on Prime uh, called Argentina 1985. Um, so Argentina 1985 Ooh. tells a true story. Imagine that. I enjoyed watching a, a true story uh, uh, about the trial in the mid-'80s in Argentina. Uh, which you would guess from the title, uh, where they basically put a, a military coup on trial, like uh, election subversion. Now, Argentina had a past full of dictatorships, full of people taking power, owning the military, and just a past, huh? Uh, running the running the country. Yes, a past. In fact, the point of this movie is since ni- 1985, they have not had a dictatorship uh, again. Um, and there is there is this trial that is often seen as the uh, the process that led them to this never again movement, which is this idea that you know we as the people are going to put people on trial who try to do this. Um, it is really astonishing. It's one of those movies where you watch the characters and you just go, how would I hold up under that pressure? How would I hold up under the life or death pressure of knowing that, you know, you wanted, people wanted to kill you, uh, if you were going to put them on trial, how does a system, uh, put on trial somebody who has broken the system? And it's just, it's really, really interesting. Um, I would highly recommend as always, watching the subtitled version, not the dubbed version. I always get very distracted during the dubs. The the default for Prime apparently is to just do the English dub. Um, I think you miss so much of the emotion in the performances mm-hmm. when you do that. Hey. Um, so I would highly recommend the subtitled version. Um, but this is just, this is a, this is a great court tr- courtroom drama and I love courtroom drama movies. So, um, Argentina 1985, uh, is on Amazon prime. So, uh, Susan, what do you got in your buried treasure?
3: Uh, well, I have kind of uh, in line with screener- screeners that we <laughs> had as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and this is another Sophie recipient. It is Selena Gomez, My Body, Mind, and Me. I think it's that documentary mm-hmm. that she came out with. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. And, I, you know, I was kind of like when I saw the advertisements for it, I was like, eh, whatever, we'll see. And I watched this late at night, and i would thinking I'd only watch like 10 minutes of it. And I got sp- – Pulled in to watch the whole thing. I cried. I was captivated. I just think she is so raw and real. And I feel like we see a lot of these um, celebrity uh, documentaries. And I, 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 they, I don't know. This one felt more authentic than more than the ones I've seen before. She is okay with making herself look not bad, but like, she doesn't mind. She's not trying to create a perfect image of like, oh, here's my struggles and here's my highs or anything. She, she lets herself look annoyed. There's a scene specifically that really hits for me whenever she's getting interviewed by somebody who's clearly not listening to her and is asking good questions. But like, as she like she's like, oh yeah, wow. She gives her an answer that she could easily like, she's like, okay, thank you. And she's like, okay, great. And like, she, she just like kind of cuts her off like you can tell and she's like and she goes back to her friend she's like i hated that that i feel like a prop and it just makes you in our industry feel like wow you know like Mm -hmm. really listen to your talent that you're talking to like don't just like move think like i mean she just ended it so but it just shows a lot of the struggles with her mental illness and any insecurities she has and her life in general so i thought it was really eye-opening and i appreciated her sharing that part of her life with us
1: I think it's so important to find empathy for celebrities um, because I think there is a real natural tendency to be like, "What do you have to complain about?" Right. Look at your bank account. Look at your fame. Yep. Like, why? Are, what do you have to to you know be upset about? And we know that a bank account and fame don't change. You, you as a human like they, they, they're I mean, humans they're yeah, just like right us. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't change human nature um mm-hmm. it does it, it could change how you interact with the world it could change you know money certainly uh i think most people would say money power those kind of things really just allow you the opportunity to to show who you are you know in mm-hmm. in, a, in a grander way um but there I think they're there is real empathy to be found for what fame can do to people and how it can impact people. Enough of these stories get told and come out. And I think we see the, the change in the pursuit of fame because enough of these stories get told and more and more people go, Oh, maybe I don't want to be famous. Maybe, (laughs) maybe the pursuit of the idea of, My opinions and my stuff is important for everybody to see. Maybe that changes a little bit. And, you know, um, as somebody who puts a lot of content out, I'm, I'm glad I'm just like, you know, like the lowest possible, you know famous there is like whatever the lowest tier of fame is i'm glad that i'm just there i really honestly like sometimes i'll think would i want 10,000 twitter followers i mean twitter's a whole different conversation to have Mm -hmm. right now but and i think you know what i don't know that i would i think the couple thousand people who like to hear what i have to say or whatever is is fine i don't like you know and if that were just you know like my family and a dozen friends that's great too like you know um it's it's just it becomes a lot clearer when you start to tell these stories that you get to weigh everything that that is involved with what it means to be in the spotlight in a, a big way, and uh, we all get to we all get to judge and react to our own participation in that story and what that means to us as how we treat celebrity and what it means to celebrities as how they feel. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this kind of stuff and that more and more of it is is coming out. I think it's important.
2: Yeah. Susan, so. do you think somebody who only knows Selena Gomez through Only Murders in the Buildings would appreciate watching this? Cause I would I, think so. I don't I mean know any of her songs or anything, so...
3: I don't think you need to know her songs but knowing where she's, I mean, she started really young. She's from uh, actually Dallas, Texas or, you know, so that's cool. But she started on Barney at a really young age and, I mean, I've always had empathy for child actors because I do think, like, we get so mad at them but it's like because the, there's a trend i mean they always hit a really rough spot and they go to rehab or something and i'm there's like well a- imagine being exploited like just at such a young age and maybe being deprived of a i mean of a normal childhood like
1: there's a, there's an interesting argument that performing uh should be illegal in the same way that alcohol or tobacco is illegal under a certain age there's an argument that it that fame should be a controlled substance and that minors mm-hmm. should be kept out. Now I don't I, I think the only way this happens is if technology progresses to where all kid parts are just digital actors, which <laughs> sure, why not? Right? I mean, like that that's worked. that's yeah. that's interesting to me, but um but I, so I don't know how you accomplish it otherwise. But there's there's an interesting, solid argument that fame is a drug and that it sh, it should not be uh, allowed to be partaken of by those uh, who are still developing. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, can you can you imagine a world where we made that illegal to have anyone in your movie or TV show that was under the age of eighteen or sixteen or wherever we put it? Like, at, know, like that'd be yeah. wild. I mean, we're just so used to kids, but it's literally called uh, child labor, <laughs> right? Yeah.
3: Right. I think there just needs to be some sort of like boundary to not overwork them, and I think there's something. Well, those
1: exist. There are definitely yeah. child labor laws that that yeah. impact the the movie industry, and that's oftentimes why they use twins under a certain age. Mm -hmm. Um, so, because there are limits on how much they can work, um, those kind of things, those laws do exist. Um, but just the idea of how you would, how you would find a way to legislate fame, that would be, that would be fascinating to me. I I don't know Mm -hmm. that it's possible, but it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That is My Body, My Mind, and Me, uh, the Selena Gomez documentary. That's on Apple TV+. Plus uh, Argentina 1985 is on Amazon Prime. Uh, and A Beautiful Mind is available to rent, uh, I think, if you want to find that. But I do not know that it's streaming anywhere for free. So you can check those out. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Congratulations Woo. to Woo. everyone involved. <laughs> um, well done. Thanks for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Oh, Thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Susan Kamyam-Stevens uh, for hanging out with us again today. always love it when you're on the show. Yeah, um, thank if, you. If people want more Susan in their life, uh, where do they go to make you famous? <laughs> go to
3: <laughs> thischicksflix.com. Um, uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel. You can also find me uh, on Instagram, Twitter. I always say Google me. So, But that's the safest bet is that website.
1: There you go. Thischicksflix.com. Uh, chicks and flicks, both with Xs. Thischicksflix.com. Uh, also, thank you to our Sifpop Pop members. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about that, uh, but want to uh, throw a thank you out to you as well. If you want more information on what it means to be a Sifpop Pop member, just a reminder, that's at patreon.com slash uh, if you would want to connect with us, that helps us out as well. in like the search uh, ratings, those kind of things. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Uh, and if you have an email you want to send us, feel free to send that to feedback at cifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. Uh, so let them know about the show and that listening is much easier than using a sentient blender without feeling like you're torturing it. Uh, we will be back next week probably with Glass Onion I know that's doing a Thanksgiving run so we'll probably talk about Glass Onion next week and uh, Strange World the new Disney movie uh, is coming out next week as well so have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you then
2: bye bye